Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart. I hope you are doing well. I hope it's starting to feel like spring where you are. It certainly is here. We're getting some much nicer days. Stuff's starting to warm up a little bit, although we certainly need it to dry out. And all my thoughts and love to the people just north of us and east of us who are still experiencing terrible flooding, hoping that we're all going to dry out here really, really soon. So we're back this week with a feature interview with Christina Linthicum. And a few things before we get to that. Lupe and I actually got out and threw some discs today. It was very exciting. So our new episode of Lupe and Becca Throw Discs should be out later this week. And there's going to be a giveaway attached to that. So be looking for that on our YouTube channel. And I'll post it, of course, as well on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Some other fun stuff that has come out recently. Uh, Paige Pierce had announced a few months back that she was going to start a new series called Nice Line. And it's super cool. It just came out. The first episode is with Jessica Weiss. And uh, Paige has this cool habit of kind of standing behind other players when they throw. This is actually something Nova talked about in her tips a couple weeks ago, but she, she watches for what they do to, you know, to learn and, and to watch their lines. And so she started this series where she sees, when she sees somebody throw a really nice line in a tournament, she talks to them about it afterwards and shows the footage and they kind of go through it. So I'm really excited about that series. It should be really cool as it continues here. So yeah, check out that first one that's on Paige Pierce's YouTube channel. Uh, Also, this last week, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Waco FPO footage came out, and I really encourage you to check it out, especially if you're someone who enjoys disc golf and is trying to get better at disc golf. Uh, Sarah Hokum commentates all three rounds, and first round's with Paige Pierce as well, second round is Paige Birkus, and third round is with Kat, and I just found getting their insights to be incredibly helpful, really cool to hear them talk about what discs they threw and why and what they would have maybe done differently. And uh, yeah, just really instructional and a really good watch and listen. So we had some notable A-tiers over the weekend, and I wanted to give a quick rundown of those and some shout outs as well. So the open at Belton this week in Texas, holy cow. <laughs> so Cat crushed the first round with a 10 22 rated round, which is super awesome. And she followed that up with a 980 rated round and a 969 round. And she won by 11 strokes over Jessica Weiss. And then Lisa Fakus took third. So that's back to back weeks for Kat, which is awesome. Uh, Camille Skewer, I think it's Squeer. I'm sorry, Camille, but Camille won a large FPO field out at the St. Patrick's Classic in California, and she shot well above her rating all three rounds. So congratulations to Camille. And then the throw down the mountain in Florida this week, uh, Madison Walker played awesome, and she won by eight strokes. And then Elaine King and Ellen Widboom tied for second. And if you haven't seen, Elaine King just came out with her very first signature disc this last Friday. It's the Fission Photon. It's a super cool disc. Uh, it comes in very, very lightweights through uh, pretty heavy weights. So I would encourage you to check that out. Pick one up. I got one uh, yesterday, and I've got another one coming in the mail tomorrow. So I'm very excited about that, of course. And shout out to Ellen. Ellen shot above her rating all weekend, and she finished really strong with a 964 rated round three. 
And then uh, also shout out to Lindsay Fish, who won the City of Mobile Championship this weekend in FPO. So season going strong. Hopefully everybody's getting out there playing some tournaments. I've got another one coming up this weekend that I am very excited about as well. So very, very happy to bring you this interview with Christina Linthicum. Really enjoyed speaking with her. Some really neat insights. And uh, Christina is out of Texas. She's uh, sponsored by Discraft, Grip, Flight Towel, and Savage Apparel. And I think you'll really enjoy what she has to say. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with that interview. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Carla C. says this is the place to shop when wanting to get something special for the disc golfing ladies you know. The superior customer service, ability to quickly make custom orders, product knowledge, and utter kindness shown to all makes this a standout company. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. Christina Linthicum, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? I am doing quite well. Uh, yeah, thank you for taking some time to speak with me kind of right in the middle of this big Texas swing of events of eight tiers with Waco last week and the open at Belton uh, this coming week, followed by Texas States and Nick Hyde. And I'd like yeah. to start with your Instagram post about Waco because I thought it was so good and so relatable. And you've had a really strong start to the season and you've played you played above your rating at Waco, but you know, as we all know, sometimes that feels good and sometimes not as good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, you, talked, yes. <laughs> you talked about that in your post. And you, you also mentioned about having a really rough hole in the last round, followed by a fantastic streak of birdies. So can you talk a little bit about your Waco experience and not being satisfied, but still being able to look at the good? Uh, yeah, um, I, I've actually, you know, played a Waco event already this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in the year, we we played uh, Cameron and the Beast, and uh, I, Lisa ended up beating me, but I took second to her at that, and I shot pretty well at the Beast that day. Mm-hmm. So even though it's, like, a really, really hard course, like, mm-hmm. I was feeling pretty confident about it, um, and I love it. Like, even though it's hard and it's, like, can just be soul-crushing, it's right. still <laughs> so much fun. Like, it's, like, you know, in a good way. But, uh so I knew I knew that, and I actually had watched some footage from the FPO League card from last year, mm-hmm. and I saw you know that even them like these top like badass women that you know were winning the tournament, and like even they were having trouble on some of these long uh, wood holes, you yeah. know, taking kind of bigger numbers. Yeah, and it just kind of puts things into perspective where you know just because you take a big number, everybody's going to have a hole like that out there yeah. where they're like just hurting you know bleeding strokes and it's like you can still recover from that and it still doesn't even have to be a bad round right um so that was kind of my mindset going into it like don't let those things get me down um but you know it did anyway a little bit a couple of times i took a big number on every every round i took an eight then a seven then an eight uh but that last one on that last round was uh well, my husband said it was the best thing I've ever done in disc golf because I was like, we had a crowd and it was mm. just kind of got in my head and, you know, I just kept making mistake after mistake. It took that big number with all these people watching 
And then I was like, you know, and Stephanie Vincent was following along and she's trying to, you know, keep me teared mm-hmm. up. I get so down on myself. And then I just decided like, I, you know, this just isn't going to work. And I just went to the next holes and you're coming out of the woods and it's like a brand new course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that felt awesome. Um, yeah, I played by my rating, but with, with big numbers like that, it's never going to feel that great. Mm. Uh, plus, like, my, my rating's on the way up, and mm. most of the rounds that I've been shooting this year were above that anyway. Mm. So it doesn't exactly feel like I play above my rating anyway, if mm. you know what I mean? So right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. Um, like I said, it's very relatable. <laughs> Obviously, I'm at a much lower ratings-wise, but I think – it's just kind of helpful to know that that never really goes away, you know, that there's always this, okay, cool. I'm, you know, shooting above my rating, but I'm still not satisfied and I still want more. And I think that's great. Right. Right. So how did you very first get started playing disc golf? Um, well, the very first time I played was like a really long time ago. Mm -hmm. I was like a teenager. My brothers had brought me out. Um, but at the time I was playing soccer and just had my own thing going on and I went off to college and I just didn't really play. I wasn't one of those people that, you know, goes out and then just gets hooked and plays Mm. all the time. Like that wasn't even close to me. It took me like (laughs) 10 years to get to that point, you know, cause I just would maybe occasionally play when I was home, you know? Um, and then, but when me and my husband got together, Mm. uh, he was actually a friend of theirs through disc golf. That's how I met him. Mm. And, uh, so he kind of tried to start fixing my form. And so when I started fixing my form and then I was shooting better scores and throwing better. And I guess that's when I kind of got more, you know, into it and started thinking about competing and stuff. So. Awesome. So at what point did you decide to turn pro? <laughs> uh, actually. So funny story. I started pro. <laughs> mm. Uh <laughs> Yeah. In my area, the, there were like, there were no women. I mean, I had yeah never even really played with a woman Hmm. and so you know we didn't know and you know there wasn't the coverage that you have now and so I didn't really know where I stood to be honest like you know I was pretty good and I threw pretty far I could throw then even then I could throw you know over 300 feet Hmm. and it was just like well and so my first tournament was U.S. Women's I think in 2011 it was in Round Rock Mm -hmm. or it was in Austin anyway and uh so I signed up for pro, you know, I just didn't know any better. And, uh, I was a little bit regretted. Um, I, you know, I could have been competitive in the advanced field, whereas obviously I wasn't in the pro field at all, but it was still a great experience. And, uh, it was like eye opening to see these women throwing. Like I said, I had zero experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my first rating was like an 850 something. So mm-hmm. I was kind of on the kind of cusp anyway, yeah. depending on the field you're playing against. But yeah, so I just kind of jumped right into it feet first and never played and women's I've never have. So that's, that's fun to have a unique story like that. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just, screw it. Let's just go for it. <laughs> yeah. So when I think about Texas disc golf, I think about you. So can you talk a little bit about, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cause we always, you know, we get to see you on these, these big Texas swings and stuff, which is awesome. Right. Um, so yeah, talk a little bit about Texas disc golf. Obviously Texas is a ridiculously big state, but in terms of kinds of the different kinds of courses you have there and kind of what you have going on for women's disc golf these days? Um, well, the courses obviously, you know, within say a five hour, like radius of where I live, um, you know, there's all kinds, you know, where I live is completely flat um, and we don't have a whole lot of courses, um, but I'm only a couple hours from Houston 
and they have a little bit of a variety. And then I'm like four hours from Austin and five from Dallas. And I can, you know, I start getting the hills and the tight trees, different kind of trees, uh, cacti. So mm-hmm. like within a, just a few hours, there's like just all kinds of different landscapes. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, there's all kinds of places I can go to practice if I have a weekend free. Um, when, again, when I started, you know, they had the, the WTF group in Austin was like, they're amazing. They have so many women up there. And so, you know, I would try to always play tournaments up there because it was the only place uh, I could really go to play against women. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was playing a lot of recommend tournaments because even in Houston, there really weren't, you know, it was just me and Andy uh, pretty much at the time. And, uh, but that's all changed. And yeah. the, the reason I've been playing so many tournaments this year is that there are open women field. And like every ter- Texas tournament, there's been mm-hmm. like at least six FPO players. Mm-hmm. So it's just like exploded. And there's a ton of women playing. They have like a couple great groups uh, in Houston. Nikki Nash and Heather Wyatt mm-hmm. have been, uh, and of course Andy. You know she's always been helping uh, the women out. And uh, Stephanie Vincent, like I said, mm-hmm. Danielle Vargas. There's just all these like you know great pro women. Uh, so yeah, but I've always typically had to travel to Austin to get like a good women's field, but that's no longer the case. So yeah. I think it's great. Just just this year we've had uh, intermediate and advanced women fields in like in every tournament too, mm-hmm. and it's just insane. So yeah, that's really really cool. Um, and like I mentioned, there's just these this cool string of A tiers that are happening. Um, were you looking forward to any out of those four tournaments the most? Um, it, Talk a little bit about just this kind of back-to-back A-tier action that you guys have going on right now. Um, I I do look forward to this because, you know, I work full-time and right. I have, you know, I use all my vacation for disc golf. It's mm. literally the only thing I use vacation for. And so this helps me to be able to make the bigger tournaments yeah. without using as much vacation. Um, it is exhausting. I'm not going to lie. Like my husband just picked me up from work directly from work. And now we're driving to Belton did the same thing last weekend for Waco. Um, and I'm not a spring chicken, you know, I'll be 36 <laughs> next month. It, it does get kind of exhausting, but it's, I mean, it's worth it. And it's what we love to do. Um, I do look forward to Texas States. Uh, that was my best finish that I've had in an event. Uh, mm. I think two years ago, I finished fourth. And like against a great field of women, and that was like, you know, I, sh- I think I averaged like 945 or something over three rounds. That was like, you know, just always been a great memory I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. It's on a different course, uh, Spring Valley, which is another challenging course. But uh, yeah, I'd like to make another good showing there. Right on. And yeah, and you just mentioned that you work full time. So can you talk a little bit about being a weekend warrior pro player and making time for disc golf, whether that's just for practice or tournaments? Well, I am very fortunate in that I work six to two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't have to worry about the daylight thing. I'm, I'm very lucky. Yeah. You know, the only issue I have, like I said, is just being tired. Uh, in, in the closest course, our course is like 20 to 25 minutes away from my house so it's not like just around the corner well some people might consider that just around the corner I hate driving like (laughs) so I'm lazy so I consider that just forever away but um you know and I and I do work in a lab and I'm you know my feet most of the day Mm. so I'm not sitting down all day either so I yeah like I said just it does get tiring but um I am able to practice uh, a lot and just squeeze in the tournaments you know we have a converted van that we like to travel in and that's been great to have it's super comfortable and yeah I have a bunch of baskets in my backyard so I can put 
and I have a a net hanging up so I can practice my drives into the net and I'm just a couple of blocks from a park if I want to go go out there and practice my upshots and maybe like some fairway drives. Mm-hmm. Don't have a big field to just crank distance drives, but I don't really practice those anyway. So sure. yeah. I just do what I can. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So do you have a kind of a practice routine that you go through or does it just kind of depend on the day? It just depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I don't practice as much as I should. I mean, I've gotten a lot better about practicing this year. Uh, but I do try to, if, I, if I'm not going to go play, then I try to at least putt, sure. you know, because yeah, totally. that helps a lot in tournament just for confidence, you know, forget yeah. muscle memory, but just the confidence of knowing that you've been practicing. So, And you're left-handed. And I don't really have a question about that. I just wanted to mention it because it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) It it is. I'll agree to disagree with that. Right. It's different. It's different. Yes. Is it a a challenge? Do you you feel like a lot of courses are are more right-hand friendly or do you think it doesn't necessarily matter? I do think that most of them are more right-hand friendly, but it's only, to me, it's not even like, the hard holes, really, mm-hmm. where, where I feel like I get in a disadvantage is that col- the the must birdies that you have to get, like the, say, 300, 275, and below mm-hmm. short shots where you really, everybody's chewing that, I feel like those tend to be, like, righty hyzers. Mm, interesting, yeah. And so, like, sometimes I'm not getting the birdies that everybody's getting, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's just what I'm used to, and I, there, I've definitely played a few courses where I feel like, oh, this is a lefty course, sure. you know, especially on, like, longer holes. Uh, I feel like would are more even, you know, and plus it doesn't matter as much when you have 500 feet to get the basket, but yeah. my problem is I flick right-handed, so right. I don't have that right. that yeah. left-handed flick to bail me out, so sure. uh, you know, all in all, I think, honestly, the only time I really feel like it has really mattered, and this kind of was a later in life realization, is that I'm not being able to play off of other people's place you know sure yeah. uh, and I'm essentially playing a completely different course yeah. you know in some ways and so I can't watch what you're doing I can't I can kind of watch what the wind's doing your disc but you know I, it's just it's just different yeah. but it's the only thing I'm used to so right yeah no I think that's a really good point like I really do think it's cool. Like we did, we had somebody comment once. Uh, somebody commented on one of our Instagram posts that they would really like to see more lefty clinics, and I think that speaks to your point because as a you know a left-handed player, one maybe you're not seeing a lot of people you know on coverage just because there's just not a lot of people who are, are left-handed playing right. you know nearly as much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, having you out there is fantastic. I, I agree. Uh, actually, I've never seen. My thing is. You know, you do have a couple, obviously, male players. Right. You, know, you have Mel right. and Devin Owens, but I don't, I can't, I mean, I know a lot of female left-handed players, but I don't know of any that are, like, actively touring and right. are on the cards that you're seeing on film. And, yeah, yeah totally. I, I think it would be cool to see that. Yeah, so maybe you need to start a clinic tour or something. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll try to fit it into my schedule. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what are your tournament plans for 2019 i believe you're signed up for jonesboro as well do you have any other uh, big tournament plans later in the season i am currently signed up for ledstone awesome yeah i've never played that before um i took the vacation from work mm-hmm. hopefully everything goes well and we <laughs> stick with that um i have a little bit of vacation left we haven't decided yet you know, we're even kind of on the fence right now about maybe playing pro world. It would depend on how, you know, if I keep playing well or sure. whatever. Sure. Uh, 
So we're kind of keeping the le- the second half kind of just by waiting, you know, because I can yeah. maybe do one more big event, you know, with my sure. vacation time at, right. outside of Ledstone and Jonesboro. And, you know, there's a couple more Texas tournaments at the end of the year that are, that are mm-hmm. uh, Friday turn, you know, I'd have to be all Friday, but right. Piney Woods open. Um, but yeah, so right. I'm the big ones after Jonesboro. The only big one I have planned for sure is Ledstone. So, but we'll see. Awesome. And uh, yeah, with that, do you have any specific goals for 2019? Well, I'm trying, I just, I just want to keep up what I'm doing. You know, Mm -hmm. I've I've never been this consistent before. I've, Mm. I've shot, you know, high rated rounds. I've even shot like at Jonesboro last year, I shot like a 970 and a 950 Mm -hmm. something, but also like an 880 something, Mm -hmm. you know, it's my goal to just keep being consistent and keep, you know, my mental, you know, I've always had kind of, like I said, I'm hard on myself. And when I make mistakes, I get down on myself. Sure. And I've gotten a lot better at shaking those things off. And I just like to keep doing that, even if I'm playing poorly, to just, you know, keep up that good attitude because, it, you know, it, it's helping my game also. It's like a cycle, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a favorite disc golf moment so far in your career? I do. Uh, it's actually same back to Texas State. <laughs> I was, this is always my answer. Uh, so on round two, I was on the lead card with Paige, Kat, and Lisa Fagan. Mm. And we had actually a huge gallery. Texas, that's one thing. Texas brings out big galleries. Nice. So we had, I would say, I don't know, I can't guess, maybe 40 people, sure. you know, which is pretty sweet. And uh, so we're on this par four. It was actually pretty difficult, par four. And uh, I had a good drive, and then I threw my second shot, and it went in the basket for an eagle. Nice, yeah. And so it was like, you know, with the crowd and the energy there, and I mm-hmm. had been playing well, and it was just like a really good moment, you know, all around. So That's wonderful. All right, so I'm really stoked to ask you this next question because I believe you're the first <laughs> uh, Discraft-sponsored player that I've talked to. So let's say a new or newish woman player comes up to you and asks for disc recommendations. What are five discs that you would recommend they put in their bag? Ooh, hmm. A newish player? Yeah. Well, I would probably, you know, the first disc I always end up recommending is the Meteor. Mm. And probably maybe to left-handed players, too. It's a, you know, I don't know. Um, I'll just assume you're unfamiliar with them. Sure. You know, so, it's, you know, it's a mid-range, and it, it turn, has a lot of turn. So mm. I can just throw it flat, and it's going to turn. You know, so those little corner shots I'm talking about, I don't have to do anything to it. Mm-hmm. But I can also make it go straight if I'm really something like a hyzer angle. And uh, I can throw it standing still. I can throw my finger off and it'll go perfectly straight. I, it, go, it can go really far if I want it to. Um, but I think uh, that would be a good, good disc for a newer player. Uh, putter, I personally put with the Jawbreaker Focus, mm-hmm. so I would recommend that just because I'm biased. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the it's grippy. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I'm going to say uh, Z-Heat. Mm, this is a tough question. You know, it's, it's, it's it another, stumps it's, everybody. It's a driver. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I'm like, ah, oh, five is a lot. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and it, again, it's got a lot of turn. Uh, I mean, I just assume newer players going to be, you know, kind of let go on a hyzer and not going to be able to really get that turn. Um, another one, Discraft New Disc, the Soul. <clears throat> it's, it's even flippier than the Meteor. Hmm. So I think it would be a great disc to, uh, for a new player. And actually, 
the Glide, it was before the Soul came out, was the one we'd always kind of recommend to newer players. It's a driver, um, but a newer player and even kids, like mm-hmm. I've seen some kids crush it. You know, that, that disc, uh, you can really work with it with a lower arm speed. Mm-hmm. And then I know that was five, but <laughs> I'd still want to say the Vulture because that's yeah, like, right I on. love that disc. It's such a great disc for all levels. Awesome. So. And I, I, I'm actually not super familiar with Tiscrap. So, uh, what, what kind of disc is a vulture? What speed? Uh, it's a fairway, okay. but it it goes far, you know. Uh-huh. And it's, I will, I'll say it's it's overstable, but <laughs> I turn it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's really straight. And actually, I can get I can get it to do. I have three of them in my bag, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. And I can kind of get it to do what I need. Uh, but mostly just what I just need: straight, long shots. You know, that's my go-to. Awesome. And how, how many molds would you say that you carry in your bag? Do you have quite a variety or kind of like you just mentioned with the vulture, do you tend to carry multiples of the same mold? It's funny you just say that because I was just talking about this last night with Scotty. Uh, <laughs> so we had gone through and tried to dramatically reduce the number of molds because mm-hmm. I had this disc for this shot and this disc for this shot. Right. And, you know, I just wasn't learning them as well as I could. And that's so important. You know, you once you learn them, all the things you can do with just one disc, you don't need five different discs to do mm-hmm. something. If you can learn a disc well enough to do five different things with that one disc, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I had actually reduced a lot. Um, I don't know. I would say I was carrying four drivers, like three mids mm-hmm. and then my putter. But I've recently started adding stuff back in and I was just mentioning to him now last night that now that I'm better, mm-hmm. getting better, maybe I don't need to worry so much about reducing the molds and I can just, you know, because I know my discs and so I can just, you know, have a, a disc that like this specialty shot that I need yeah. to do or whatever. It's like I have this Z tracker that we've been messing with and it's like a mutant disc and it's super overstable. <laughs> But also have a Nuke OS that's super overstable, but yeah. goes like 40 feet further, you know? Sure. So it's like, well, maybe right. I can't bag both of these and, you know, mm-hmm. just know when to use them. So Yeah, right on. Yeah, I think that's really good. Well, thank you so much again for talking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, this is exciting to be asked. So I'm actually very honored that you had me on oh, here. Yeah. So and uh, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Best of luck to you at at Belton this week and at the next two tournaments after that. And we'll be uh, keeping an eye on on UDISC and the things for you. And yeah, have safe travels and, and good tournaments. Thank you so much. The Kansas City Disc Golf Divas are passionate about creating unforgettable disc golf experiences for women and girls of all ages. Join the Divas on May 11th for the fifth annual Diva Spring Fever held at Rosedale Park in Kansas City. This women's two-round event is part of the Heartland Women's Series and sure to be one of the highlights of your disc golf season. To register or to sponsor the event, visit igotthefeva.com, that's igotthefeva.com, where you can also keep updated on women's league nights, upcoming diva events, and volunteer opportunities. Thanks again to Christina for the great conversation, and thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, if you would be so kind to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening, that helps other people find the podcast. I would also love to hear from you. You can reach me at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or on social media. Thank you to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. New customers can get a discount when you use the code word guitar at checkout. 
I hope everybody has a great week. I hope you have good weather and you can get out and play some disc golf. And we'll be back next week with a brand new discussion podcast. We'll see you then on the Lays of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Podcast.